Did you know that you are wonderfully weird? You've been created to be as unique and one-of-a-kind as your fingerprint, fearfully and wonderfully made, created in the image of God. My name is John Waters, and over the next few minutes, Drake Hunter, senior pastor at Elevating Life Church in Fort Morgan, Colorado, and author of the book Wonderfully Weird, now available through Westbow Press, will help you learn more about your own wonderful weirdness. Now, Wonderfully Weird Living. Welcome back once again to Wonderfully Weird Living. I'm John Waters, your host. With me is author and pastor Drake Hunter. Welcome back. Well, thank you for having me back. Well, and I say that in a couple of different ways. First of all, welcome back to the podcast since last week. Uh, But also welcome back uh, since uh, we last talked. You have uh, taken a little sabbatical. No, a retreat. Yes. Let's use that term. Um, and, And not one, not a vacation, but rather a working retreat as we prepare for next year. Yeah, something that's very refreshing for me. So in a sense that it is a retreat in that sense, but uh, what's behind that is I love to plan. And of course, I went up to Dillon there in Colorado and my wife and I just kind of locked ourselves into this beautiful little cabin and we just put together uh, a plan for our different responsibilities in the sense of you know our relationship with Christ, with each other, with the church, and of course with wonderful living weird living and all that and so uh, it's always refreshing when you come out of that and we're so intense with it about a hundred hours where we're just diving into that that planning uh, aspect in it and then of course when you come out of it it relieves a little bit of stress because now you have somewhat of a plan of course mm-hmm. uh, we're always uh, spontaneous and and very you know flexible with that but how wonderful it is to walk out of that let's say a session and then going okay we have we have some direction now for next year creating order out of disorder yes that's right that's a perfect command to use yeah. and so yes and, and you know people i think oftentimes fail to realize that planning is part of our responsibility god has the perfect plan and we are to get into that plan with where we're at in our day and age and our responsibilities and put together it's going to be an imperfect plan i promise you right. that but so we cannot be dogmatic <laughs> about the plan that's we have right. to be flexible yes and yeah. so with your team and and so very excited where we're going in 2020, especially with the church, and uh, of course, uh, Sherry and I are always excited where we're going to go with our with our relationship. Uh, that next, it'll be our 34th year together. So, mm-hmm. uh, just planning and just growing and developing it, where it just becomes better and better. Part of it also, and was uh, putting together the uh, kind of the message series for next year. We're not going to reveal anything here at the moment, but uh, as of this year, it was life rock on using classic rock songs and such. But that's right. Something new and exciting and unique for next year. Yeah, that's right. So we can we can have fun, but yet at the same time. It'll, we can truly, uh, I will share this, uh, we can put something in place, a subject, and the subject next year for Elevating Life Church or that topic that we're leaning into is leadership, the leadership of Christ and what that looks like. So with that, uh, putting together some type of order, if you will, in the sense of those messages for all next year, that's really going to uh, uncover some biblical principles, of course, but then also what is the skill that goes with that principle and really coming together to make it uh, whole or you know we can bring integrity to that message so that people can apply it and truly be uh, what we ought to be as Christians leaders 
uh, leaders in the movement for Christ in our day and age. Leaders being influencers. That's right. Uh, the spiritual need that we all need is being, well, we need influence, but we ought to be influencing others, of course, through Christ. Yep, absolutely. Well, since you were gone, uh, that gave me the opportunity yes. to present the message this past week. I thank you for that opportunity. Uh, it's always fun when I get a chance to do that, kind of go back to my roots a little bit. Um, and so uh, this week I tried to piggyback a little bit off of a message you did uh, last week on legacy uh -huh. um, and uh, went with the more of the theme of identity, our identity in Christ, uh, using Galatians 3, 26 through 29. Um, and, and it was funny because, uh, and I did this on Sunday morning, but I read verse 26 and thought, you know, I could just do a mic drop right here and be done with That's the right. message because yeah. it says, for you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. End of podcast. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and of course, that leads to the freedom in Christ, of course. We see that in, in Galatians 5. And so, yeah, absolutely. You, can, you could absolutely do that. You just, but I'm glad you did it because I enjoyed the message. Uh, I know you, you, you take this lightly. Not lightly, excuse me. You take it seriously, but at the same time, you're so humble with it. You did a great job. I was on the other side of the, of the camera, and I like being that person sometimes and just kind of watching. I don't know if you uh, you couldn't see it, but uh, I was having a lot of fun in the background. <laughs> and our tech team was like, "What is going on?" And you know, every time you would uh, you know just nail a point or something funny, the emojis were going all over the place. Right, <laughs> I, right. Those are fun, you know, to to really uh, really express your 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 praise and worship through you know Facebook Live. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, where I went with it, and then. Uh, uh, I want you to comment on it, but yes. uh, I used a question that you had asked in your message on legacy about what will your left behind story be, and will it be God-centered and praiseworthy, which is your birthright, or one that honors man's fleeting greed and, and selfishness? And that led me in then to identity, because who we perceive ourselves to be will really kind of determine which way we're going to go. Uh, that's right. And, you know, well, identity is the first step. Uh, of course, when we step into the kingdom of God, uh, we're, we're lost and we're trying to figure out our identity because we realize this, uh, when we're lost or we're in that very dysfunctional state, we're trying to figure it out because we can't figure out our identity. And, of course, God says, here I am. Uh, and then he'll always reveal himself one way or the other. And then you step into that, and then you become a Christian, right? You repent. Then you become born again. That means you make a commitment, and you're engaged. But at that point now, we have to go after our identity, which is that very first uh, step, if you will, because without identity, you cannot reveal your and i'll say this is my opinion you cannot reveal your purpose divine purpose mm -hmm. without that divine identity in place first so I, I would say it's the first step so with repenting we go from to use the word i used on sunday in we go from being That's in right. the world to repenting, turning, and being in Christ. Right. That next command, as we read in the gospel, is follow me. And, of course, we can say in, in our language today, Jesus is our template for life now. He is the way. Uh, he's more than that because he's our Lord and Savior. But at, at that very uh, beginning point, we're like, Jesus is now 
our way. He is the truth, and he's going to be our life, and I need to be like Jesus. And you can see how these commands fall into order, if you will, and how we develop as mature Christians. And so absolutely, once you step in uh, that model, now you are to become like Christ in the mind, in the heart, in your soul, and of course in everything you do, which you expressed uh, last week in the message as well, because uh, everything you do should be the expression or the glory of God, and we see that through that, being so, that model. So uh, intellectually, yes, I know that. Yes. But there's so many competing voices out there grabbing a hold of my heart, and I'm just using that as an example. Okay. You know, and, and before I turned my life over to Christ, I was hooked on the success and the, the feedback of others and the, uh, you know, defining myself through financial means or jobs or whatever. Right. And now all of that is still there. How do I take myself and truly put myself in this new template yes. at, while all these competing voices are still reaching out and trying to grab me. Well, first and foremost, now as a Christian, people are going to compliment you. They're going to say, but the, the command that comes to my mind, John, is render to Caesar what is Caesar's. And that will produce a, 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 um, a thankful heart. We're thankful for that. But inside now, we understand any results, anything we do practically or otherwise, uh, that all belongs to God. Because we now realize we can't do anything, first and foremost, uh, without the Father's direction and without the Son's alignment. But more important, we can't do anything by ourselves. Mm -hmm. Think about, John, uh, intellectually speaking, is there anything even in in the sense of where we're at right now that you and i were by ourselves in isolation no, no because mm -hmm. I, i'm thinking something as simple as this somebody had to make this crazy uh, get up i have on today <laughs> mm -hmm. somebody else had to do that and of course without that where would i be you know there's so many people that we fail to realize that makes things happen or success accomplishment we have very very little to do that and so we humble ourselves and say we it's not our success or excuse me it's not my success it's first and foremost god's success he's the one that gave me my identity my purpose but then all my neighbors that have come around in the sense of who uh, or what's happening in this moment it took a lot of people uh, and I'm so thankful for that, going back to that command of Christ and going, okay, wait a second. Wow, I have a grateful heart because of with God and with others. Mm -hmm. And then so, but the whole point is we have to realize that because we fail to render to Caesar properly what is Caesar's. Unfortunately, Drake, I think in the in the church in the Western world, for some reason, um, we've come to the conclusion that, or we've been taught that the things of the world, and I'm using air quotes, the things of the world are evil, um, and that we're supposed to stay away from those things completely, but that's not the case at all. No, not at all. In fact, we can go to Genesis 1-1, where, you know, God says in the beginning, you know, heaven and earth well both have to work together but we have to make sure one 
is in it well both are in its right place rightful place to make sure that we truly understand uh the difference between heaven and earth or we can say abstract things or transcended things versus the practical things both work together i have an idea i have a plan it's a revelation from god then i go to the team and say hey team deacons or ministry directors here's an idea it came from god heaven now let's get it in place into heaven or excuse me into earth and then those people that are gifted put those things in place and we do things and then when we do it properly those things or accomplishments or success is now the expression or the image of God that is the reflection of God's glory, and that's with God and with others. And so when we understand that, then we're truly going at it in the sense of now living in eternity in Christ, where we can truly enjoy both heavenly things and and, and the things on earth while we're here so that we can truly bring glory to God so that we can have a fulfilled life. And it all comes back down every time, back to the Gospels, back to what uh, Jesus taught us in those commands and those directions that he's given us so that we can do exactly that. So the, the misconception is, well, if it's on earth, the world, as you put in the quotes, uh, is misunderstood. No, God wants us to enjoy the world. But in going back to what we talked about at the very beginning, in his plan. Mm-hmm. And so we just fall into order with that. And once we do, oh, my goodness, life becomes uh, joyful. It becomes something that we can't wake up. We, can, we cannot wake up soon enough to get to our purpose and do exactly what God wants us to do. Well, you see so many people that are uh, coming to later years in life and – Yes. Um, always, it seems, looking for the next thing. And, and I'm thinking retirement, for example. You know, you have older adults who've <laughs> maybe worked for 40, 45 years in a company. And for the last 20 years, all they can think of is that day when I get to retire. Yeah. And, and I, I think that's what you're talking about, right? That's where you're living outside of your purpose. And the purpose is not the job you're in, but the purpose is how you are uh, – utilizing what God has given you and and his purpose within whatever it is you're doing. Yeah, many people live their life, uh, the American dream, let's say, like quotes again, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Where they misunderstand, let me say this, destiny and direction. You see, most people that are living for themselves are living for a destiny like retirement. But destiny is like direction. It is not a place. It is a way. Because think about it. Is north a place? No. It's only a direction. Right. So what happens is we, we, we get duped, I guess, is the word in our thought process. And then we buy into our culture uh, and their practices and say, you know what? I deserve that destiny of retirement and to do nothing. Boy, what a big mistake that is. And then what happens oftentimes, then you are not doing anything. Practically speaking, you're no longer accomplishing. You're no longer putting success out there. Now you have arrived. As my GPS always tells me, (laughs) you have arrived at your destiny. The destiny is heaven in eternity, never on this earth, always the next life in eternity. And it does not, we do not arrive to that destiny until our last breath. 
Right. So, and, you know, just to go back to something we've talked about many times, if you're not growing and moving forward, uh, like any living thing, you begin the dying process. Yeah, that's right. And I can recall when I retired from the military, I had 21 years, I have a nice pension. I could not imagine, I'm like, whoop. I have arrived. This is where I wanted to get to, and and I've done it. All right, now what? Well, you if you live for yourself, you're just going to kind of you're going to lean into yourself, and then uh, death. The wages of sin is death, of course. And it just that's just another opportunity. Going all right, God has now given me some some freedom with this tool. Now I have with my pension package and all that. Because as you all know, John. I couldn't do what I'm doing if I didn't retire and have that pension package. It would be a whole different scenario. So mm-hmm. it's just that next step to really get uh, Christ out there and to get that movement, the Christ movement going right here in Morgan County and, of course, around our nation, around the world in our day and age. And that's what it comes down to. And you, When do you stop doing that? Right, right. <laughs> well, when you take the last breath. Yeah, let's uh, so let's bring it back around. And I use the words on Sunday in Christ. Yes. And um, and really, that's what we're talking about here is that no matter what it is that we're doing, no matter what it is that we have or uh, whether it's a house or a job or a car or a relationship or uh, whatever it is, as long as the proper perspective is it's in Christ then that's what makes it, to use the word I used on Sunday, holy. Holy, holy, holy. That's exactly right. You know, I think we misunderstand culture, too, because we have many different Christians that are living in different cultures. And a culture is nothing more than beliefs and practices. And we need folks that that you're going to live in a poor culture. And then you're going to live and, and be part, as Paul says, you're going to be part of what that that culture is to be the reflection of Christ. But at the same time, I, I share this because you're, we have a, a more fluent culture in the sense of people that have mansions and have bigger toys, if you will. Nothing wrong with the toys or anything like that. If you're in that culture, then you're going to have to live. You must become all things like the people. But the reason wherever that culture is or whatever that is for you, what you are, whatever you do, make sure that you're doing it for the glory of God and that you're creating that movement and truly making it uh, more of a, um, uh, a, a, a direction and you never finish that direction or that destiny and you're just living in it, in Christ, in that culture, and then you become part of the solution in the sense of getting, first and foremost, God's kingdom here on earth, and then, of course, in the direction of eternity. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. I want to um, uh, use one of the passages that I used on Sunday from Ephesians chapter 1. I'm just going to read this, verses 3 through 8 out of the uh, NLT, the New Living Translation. It says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance 
to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. And I use that as the jumping off point then to talk about what it means to be in Christ. And I, I gave three points from that passage. Yes. And I want to get your thoughts on each one of those, if okay. we could, in the time we have remaining. The first one I said, to be in Christ means to be united with Christ. Yeah, and the word that sticks out in, in the verse, Ephesians 1, 3 through 8, is great pleasure. Mm -hmm. Because to be in Christ truly is to be pleasurable or to live in pleasure. Because, again, haven't we taught or we've been taught that pleasure is this, this evil thing? Mm -hmm. Well, eternal pleasure is the whole point uh, in life because we do want pleasure. And, and if we're missing the pleasure of life, we're, we're missing the mark. Because the one thing that I know in church rather than in Christ, they want to suppress that pleasure. And then what happens is uh, what we do, rather than having true self-control, we suppress it, and then we kill it, and then we become walking zombies, if you think about it. Mm -hmm. And of course, Ezekiel talks about that. We see that in the book of Revelation, where we become lifeless. And the light has gone out, and who's drawn to a light that's been put out? So when you're with this question here, in Christ, if you're lifeless, no pleasure, are you in Christ? Mm. Well, according to Paul, <laughs> you know, we have to think about that, no pleasure, no life. And so in Christ, of course, with the fruit of the Spirit known as self-control, not as the church teaches it, suppression, but as Christ teaches it in the sense of that freedom and controlling our impulses to make sure that we're adding value both to ourselves, to others, and to the kingdom. That's where it comes in. And boy, yeah, I saw that one word pleasure there. And of course, in Christ, there's that just a, what a perfect word when you're living in Christ. Yeah. Well, the second point I made from that passage is that to be in Christ means to share in the life of Christ. And I think that's a place where we miss out so often is we we fail to realize or forget maybe right. that uh, Christ died and was raised again so that we could take part in his yeah. life. The great commandment comes to mind here. Of course, actually here you have, of course, the spiritual needs. Number one is that understanding in Christ. Number two here is togetherness, mm -hmm. where we have a responsibility just as it shares in the great commandment to be with God, but also with our neighbors and to share in the victories, we can say success, accomplishments, and everything that is with other people like-minded people the bible says of course but if they're not like-minded and they choose to go a different direction i'll spend two minutes with you not three <laughs> and so we're sharing together uh, with discernment and discretion and bringing that all together and we're doing it together in the sense that uh, it is a true joy to be with one another in christ 
Well, and it's through this that we have permission then to experience, as I said in here, Christ's riches, the riches of love and joy and peace and self-control, patience, faithfulness, all yeah. the fruits of the Spirit. Yes. And as Paul shared, you know, uh, in, in the, uh, excuse me, the New Testament, where he says we, we all have our part. And we have to understand that identity, that purpose, and even that legacy, and and then come together in that, and and then of course, come together in the similarities of that, where we can truly put people in place, put things in place, so that then we become one, the body of Christ. And some are ears, mm-hmm. <laughs> some are feet, some are legs, and some, but. It's very clear that we've got to do this together. And, of course, togetherness. I've preached this many times over the last couple of years, pretty much four things. Paying attention together, understanding together, uh, and uh, having good feelings together. And and number four would be that rhythm that we've got to have together. And if that happens when you're in Christ rather than just the opposite where division and disagreements and disorder as Paul talks about in second Corinthians his and first Corinthians uh, we've, we've got we've got to step away from that because that's the world's philosophy that's putting earth first rather than heaven and we missed the mark so we've got to be together and we share in it and we love one another even through the ups and downs of whatever that may be. And then finally, uh, I said that to be in Christ means to have His Spirit dwelling within you. And the way I like to think about this is we, um, as we give our lives to Christ, we are in Christ and conversely, He is in us and it becomes that perfect circle. Okay, John, I'm gonna, you just brought me back to Isaiah chapter 11 here. You know, uh, Isaiah says the, the stump of Jesse, and there will be the Spirit of the Lord. And he, he gives four different, uh, he gives content to the Spirit of the Lord, and he gives seven different um, aspects of the Lord's Spirit wisdom, understanding. Uh, let's see, uh, uh, delight, the spirit of fear, courage, and counsel, and all of these different attitudes, because when we read that, our attitude or the expression or that spirit of who we are should line up with Christ. And then that is exactly when we're in Christ, those are the areas that as as Christians we ought to be developing to make sure that we're working on that relationship with God so other people will experience that wisdom, that understanding, that counsel, that that the, uh, the might word there and uh, delightful and fear and all of that. Uh, my goodness, and when that comes together, the Spirit of the Lord is presented then in the sense of that expression as an individual or together where everybody gets to enjoy in the stump of Jesse, if you you will, in the book of uh, Isaiah. And when that happens, I mean, John, think about it. Isn't it a wonderful experience when somebody has a, a very delightful personality? Absolutely. Or maybe they have an understanding of who you are, empathy, wisdom. They impart some insight of what's going on. Boy, you just start putting those seven categories together in the sense of what you're saying here. It's pleasurable mm-hmm. together where we all get to have this energy in the spirit or the atmosphere of the Lord wherever we're at. And, and you, could, you, you nailed it perfectly. And that's where influence. So here we have the three spiritual mm-hmm. needs right in place, you know, understanding, togetherness, and influence. That's going to influence a lot of people. And that is a spiritual need. All three of those, as I see what you did here, you put those together, 
uh, beautifully, and you're feeding the people with the spiritual need, which I've heard such great feedback about Sunday, where spiritually the experience was so refreshing and so needed. It's, it's kind of like being in the desert for three or four days without water, and you fed them that water, and, and that's exactly what you did here. So uh, beautiful. I just, I just caught it as I, I'm looking at the notes here. So, but that's exactly the process where we are now refreshed in the Lord. I want to kind of finish this up with a, a verse that I ended up with, and that's Philippians 2.13. Mm-hmm. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him, pleasure. Absolutely. <laughs> Bingo. Drop the mic, John. There you go. <laughs> yeah. The, the word desire, though, and, and that's another thing, and this is for another time, but we have to learn what the heart is. And desire is one aspect of the heart as, as, as well as hope and some other things. But our heart should be lining up with the heart of God. Mm-hmm. Do our desires, uh, our hopes, our dreams, our ambitions, everything that the heart is. Because what's, if we can understand that and we can turn turn or change or transform our desires to the desires of God, then you're going to truly be with God and others. And, and then you're going to be living in the refreshing uh, or the refreshment of the spiritual elements and those needs that we so desperately need in, on a moment-by-moment uh, basis or case. Well, in the few moments we have left, let me uh, throw some questions out there like we like to do uh, for folks to ponder and think about. And um, uh, going back to what we were talking about today, number one, according to the world's standards, what should guide you in the pursuit of your identity? In other words, what is it that the world is telling you should uh, determine your identity for you. Yes. Number two, according to Ephesians 1, 3 through 8, which I just read a few moments ago, what does it mean to be in Christ? And we just spent the last few minutes talking about that. And then number three is the challenge. What step or steps can you take today to begin to live in your true or your real identity in Christ? That's right. And uh, hint... <clears throat> Directives of Christ, commands of Christ. That's right, Gospels. That's, yeah, it's, it's all there, isn't it? Well, Drake, as always, it's been a huge pleasure to uh, visit with you. It's, I told you before we started recording, it's weird for me having presented the message uh, I'm kind of on the other side of it and, and a little different experience. So I'm looking forward to next yeah. week when we're back in our traditional roles. Well, that's our goal, to make things wonderfully weird for you, John. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of that, before we get away real quickly, uh, the Wonderfully Weird book available at Drake's website, www.wonderfullyweirdliving.com. As uh, that continues, I've been seeing some copies of the book floating around it's, the church. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That, in fact, uh, I have not had a hard copy in my hand and somebody the church had it last week. Delilah did, and so it was nice to finally. Oh, I have a, I have a hard copy. Oh, this it's is real. What, this yeah. is what it's like. No, there's this. This is practical. Here we go. <laughs> well, get your own copy at www.wonderfullyweirdliving.com. For pastor and author Drake Hunter, I'm John Waters. Thank you for joining us, and happy Thanksgiving. Thank you for joining us this week on Wonderfully Weird Living. Get your own copy of Drake's book, Wonderfully Weird, by logging on to www.wonderfullyweirdliving.com. Also, let us know if you have any questions or comments via our email address, 
wonderfullyweirdliving at gmail.com. For author and pastor Drake Hunter, I'm John Waters. We'll see you next time.